Okay, well, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Dee Dee is down uh, working on a project in California. She's not going to be with us tonight. Here we go. American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human god to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Condit Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Hello, everyone. Uh, happy Thursday. Nice to be back. Sorry I missed last week. I was out in the Northwest, uh, Tacoma, Seattle, with my family, my mother, my sister, brother, all of their extended families, and all of our three sons and my wife. Beautiful, spectacular weather. Uh, no no trails in the skies out there, amazingly, and I, and I have not seen any here in Chicago since coming back. We are really uh, blessed to have back on with us James Yeager author, producer, director of films and documentaries. The last time he was with us was way, way back in November of 2018. He's working on a new project called Unsustainable. Uh, this is the, the whole Agenda 21 uh, uh, <clears throat> that is trying to be shoved down our throats by the United Nations. And James just came back from a gathering back east in Massachusetts where he met a, a whole bunch of people. The links to Unsustainable to James's uh, background, website, bio, and everything are, are listed in the newsletter. James, thanks again for coming back on. Thanks for having me, uh, Fred. It's great to be back on. I'm a little scattered because I've been doing a lot of interviews, but thanks for having me. No, 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 no problem. When you go on these junkets, it's not a junket. You're actually in sometimes uh, going solo, but, but you always drag. Uh, for these interviews, you have to have a cameraman, right? You don't do that stuff. No, I usually have I usually have one or two assistants grips that okay. carry things, and then an interviewer, and uh, 
someone to handle sound. Okay. So, um, but I, I, I got to, I met some incredible people at this, uh, at the uh, Camp Constitution. I have a great report for you on this. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and, and, and dive right into that? Were you actually camping, or was it, where was this? <laughs> All right. Well, first of all, let me just say this. Camp Constitution is mind-boggling. Okay, wow. It sounds interesting. Mind-boggling. I said to Hal Shuri, Shur, I get his name, can't never get his name, Hal Shur, Shur, Shurtleff, okay, is the executive director of Camp Constitution. And this is a multi, multi, multi-million dollar camp on a lake. Wow. The most gorgeous facilities you could imagine. All kids talking about the Constitution, singing by campfires, having lectures and courses all day long, sailing, scuba diving, you name it. All, all talking about freedom. This, is, this place, anybody that has kids that are under 15 years old that are not sending their kids to this camp Constitution once a year at the end of July in the first week of August is crazy. I'm crazy. I didn't even know about it. So the first the shock was getting there and seeing this incredible place. Then I'm standing there looking around at the incredible place, and standing next to me is a guy by the name of John McManus, <laughs> former executive director of the John Birch Society. You know, the, the, the granddaddy of all organizations on, on alerting the public of what's going on with the communist takeover and the various things that the government is not doing and doing. So John McManus is standing there. And I interviewed John McManus for Spoiler 15 years ago. But I never got to meet him because I sent a crew up to Boston to interview him. But I edited the movie, so I saw his face on the screen for hundreds of hours. <laughs> so to me, he was just, you know, Grandpa McManus. <laughs> he was just familiar. Oh, I walked right up to him. I said, hey, John, how are you? I'm James Yeager. Oh, and I gosh. said, you don't know me, but I know you as well as I know my, you know, my parents. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and he said, uh-huh. I'm sorry, go ahead. Ron, go ahead. Was Ron Paul there? Has he ever been there? No, no, Ron Paul was not there, but no sooner did I get over the shock of meeting and hanging out with John, and I, I got to hang out with him the whole two days, had dinner, oh, and we became oh best buddies. But then walks up a guy by the name of Lord Christopher Monkton. Oh, yeah. I've heard that word. Yeah. Christopher <laughs> Monkton. Okay, now here we have a real lord. This guy worked for... The, the British has, government. One eyeball going left and one eyeball. He has one eyeball going left and right, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, this guy, you expect him to. You know, you hear a Lord Bhakti, you expect this guy to come walking up in a robe, right, with a yeah. with a gold <laughs> thing, and you know, that throws bolts of lightning. <laughs> oh, there's John, there's Christopher in a leather motorcycle jacket and a get a baseball beanie. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. And I said, you must be the Lord Bogdan. <laughs> <laughs> so at any rate, this guy, this guy had a mind like you wouldn't believe, and he interviewed, and he just laid out the facts about how the planet Earth works and so on and what Agenda 21 is doing. And unbelievable, John McManus's unbelievable dissertation on the UN, on, on, on film right now, in the can, 
Wow. We're putting it up on the website now. Then, oh, cool. no sooner was my shock over than Debbie Bakagalupi walks up. And uh, I had the opportunity to meet all these folks the night before I did the interview. Okay. I kind of get there a day ahead of time, you know, get my get the hotel and get squared away with the location yep. and check mm-hmm. the lighting and the and the and the props and what we have available. But By anyway, way, what Debbie part Bar- of Massachusetts? What part of Massachusetts was this? Uh, draw the scenery for us. This is in Pittsfield. I, I don't uh, I don't know Massachusetts well enough to differentiate, but there, it was it was in a forest, gorgeous gorgeous area. Um, your listeners can can check out Camp Constitution by just simply googling Camp Constitution. Uh, oh, Pittsfield. But anyway, okay, go ahead. Yeah, it's right. It's it's in it's in the forest, but by a lake. Oh, and it's all the way in western. It's in western Massachusetts, right by New York City. It's actually western Massachusetts. It was a breeze yeah. to get there because from Valley yeah. Forge, where I <coughs> from Valley Forge, where I come from, I, instead of going straight up and going past, you know, Scumbucket, New York, I basically yeah. veer off to the west, and I missed New York, the Bronx, yeah. and the whole of that traffic. It takes two hours to get through New York. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. It just take yeah. Yeah, it was only a four and a half hour trip, very pleasant, mostly highway. Nice. Oh, cool. So then Debbie Bakagalupi, ex total expert on Agenda Twenty One, went through Ickley, Cogs, everything, laid it all out. And then uh Willie Soon was there, expert on climate climate, climatologist. Okay. Well. And he basically laid down, you know, what was going on with the planet. And made some points that are mind-boggling, uh, which I'm not going to tell your listeners. I'm going to I'm going to put them in the movie as a surprise. Okay. All right. Unsustainable.us is the website. In other words, what what most people think is causing global warming is really not causing global warming. <laughs> is that enough of a cliffhanger? I mean, what people, you know, sit there and say is, is happening, causing global warming, really isn't causing it. Absolutely. Wow. We'll have to watch this movie, guys. Unsustainable.us. <laughs> so we have, uh, oh, we also interviewed G. Edward Griffin at the same time. I had a crew, I hired a crew to go in and interview him in California the same, the day we were doing, the day before we were doing the Massachusetts interviews. Okay. And so he's uh he's his interview's been done and it's here on my desk, the studio, but I haven't even had a chance to look at the footage yet. But I'm sure okay. it'll be incredible. Okay. So uh, the next people we interview is Rosa Curie in San Francisco and then uh Michael Shaw. And uh then I'll go down to visit Edwin. Edwin Vieira in Virginia. Edwin Vieira, yeah. Absolutely. And then we'll have Tom DeWeese, right? Tom DeWeese? Tom DeWeese is in the can. We interviewed him first. Okay. And uh, I also interviewed uh, Mark Passio, who's a local genius in the Philadelphia area on almost every subject, talked about energy. And I interviewed Nicola Lonchar, the president of the Tesla Science Foundation, largest Tesla organization in America. Oh, wow. 
and he's from Serbia, so he gave a very interesting view of things. Tesla was Serbian, yeah. Wow. Tesla was Serbian, yes. Yep. And uh, he has an incredible organization. It's at teslasciencefoundation.org for any of your listeners that want to join up with Tesla freaks. teslasciencefoundation.org. And believe me, these are Tesla freaks. When I say that, I mean they're genius engineers from all over the world. He has a conference every January in New York, which comes up at the, oh I think it's the 15th in New York. And people from all over the world that are physicists, electro engineers, yeah. you know, engineers that have to, you know, to do with electricity and magnetism, they all fly in and they have this conference in New York. Oh, my God. Wow. So if any of your listeners are really into energy and even free energy speculation and, and, and sure. zero-point energy, this is the place to be every January. Does Elon <laughs> Musk show up for this? Does Elon Musk You know what? Well, Elon Musk could very easily walk through that door. Sure. Very easily. And so could Gates and everyone else on the planet. Vic Bostrom, you, you, know, you name it. Okay. Wow. Wow. So, That's got to be exciting. Yeah, speaking of Musk, it looks like he's uh, getting serious about AI. Really? Okay. He just announced that he's going to launch out and build an AI system. So that's pretty interesting. You know, See, there's next. will there be this Camp Constitution every year? Uh, is that what you, you kind of said, James? Yes, I, I believe next year now, the dates of it this year were the 28th of July to the 3rd of August. Okay. So if your listeners write that down, the 28th of July, the last week of July and the first week of August, that is probably roughly when it will be next year. I will definitely be there next year. Okay, because I'm, I'm looking ahead to here, James. Uh, Bob Schultz lives real close to this this shindig bob so, would love this oh my god i, I can't we imagine he's be, not already been there oh we got to get him there we got to get him there if he hasn't already been there but if you if everybody pencils in in their calendar the okay. 28th to the third and you know what how surely could not be more cordial and a better host he was so spot on with helping me get the, arrange the interviewees Oh, and just handling the logistics, and he was just incredible. And he also interviewed for the movie too. Very, very knowledgeable about a wide range of things, especially gender twenty-one. Okay. I, I'm friends with Hal on Facebook. I just have never met the guy. Uh, Hal, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, he is just—he is just great. And you know, he's the kind of guy where if any of your listeners want to just call. They can just get put in a call, and Hal will talk to them and tell them what the camp is like. I mean, I could give you his number, but I don't know if it, I should because it is his no, first no, not not, number. no, not not here, not here. I got his yeah. Uh, yeah campconstitution.net is the website. Campconstitution.net, everyone. Is it .net or .com? It's it's .net. Campconstitution.net. Yep. Okay. And I really want to oh, I want to wow. say. Uh, just mention uh, our executive producer, sure. uh, Gerald Tufts. And in fact, I just talked to him just before we, I went on the show this, this evening. And Gerald Tufts is our executive producer. He was 
associate producer on the previous movie, uh, Good Guys with Guns. And Gerald, I want to tell you, you know, if it wasn't for Gerald uh, coming up with some of the money for this production, oh, filling in some of the cracks, we wow. would be uh, the airplane would be scraping on the ground. <laughs> wow, well, God bless. <laughs> Once in a while. Wow. Holy cow. So, oh, well, what a great thing to to have under your belt. Uh, uh, interaction, FaceTime with real people, uh, lovers of liberty and freedom. Boy, that sounds like something to look forward to. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed meeting John McManus, and we had a lot of jokes. He's 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 close to ninety, or I guess he's ninety or eighty-seven or something. Yeah, maybe he's ninety-two. I don't know. Yeah. But um, he said, uh, you know, just as youthful as could be. And, and actually, I just he actually looked in better shape and and better than he did when I interviewed him fifteen years ago for Spoiler. I don't know if oh, any of wow. you have ever heard of Spoiler, but if you want to watch a good movie with John McManus in it, go to thehomevideo.net, and Spoiler is up there. Spoiler, how a third political party could win. Oh, wow. wow. So um, I'm looking at some of these pictures on his Facebook page, Camp Constitution. Yeah, one of the first past, things I said in the present. Go ahead. One of the first things I said to Howard is I said your your website does not show what the what the camp is like. I can't possibly express it. So I made a little documentary film okay. of the camp. And as soon as I oh, get good. the show uh, interviews uploaded, I might cut this little documentary and, and put it on the net for everyone to kind of see what it looks like. Okay. Wow. That's a great legacy for this guy to keep going, keep doing this. I did not know he was doing this. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, and, you know, I would like to meet, uh, uh, I mean, you know, this is the second year in a row that Lord Moncton showed up, and, and I think Debbie back at Galoopy. So, I mean, that shows that they love it. Wow. That's got to be special. <clears throat> Now, now, you, you, did you have accommodations? Was there like a motel, hotel, or you pitch a tent, or what's going on there? Well, they've got dormitories, which are actually gorgeous little uh, log cabins, and they've got them all along the lake. They've got about twenty or thirty of these things. I'm telling oh, you, this, wow. place, this, this place is huge. They've got a soccer okay. field. They've got the whole camp is right along the edge of a lake. Gorgeous, oh, wow! And there's all these little uh, log cabins that have got bunks in it and rooms, and, oh, cool. and you know they could probably have a you know two or three hundred people. They offered to let me have a a, a bunk, you know, a room, a lodging right there, but I opted to grab a Best Western down, you know, one one or two miles down this road. I, I needed to get my sleep before I could do a shoot because. You know, I can't have a million kids running. There were a million kids running around, to put it bluntly, all over the place. They're all over the soundtrack. In the background, you hear kids screaming and yelling. So, you know, I just I just have the the interviewees look over and and you know once in a while while they're talking about Agenda Twenty One and yell, "Shut up!" <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm only yeah. kidding. No, I'm only kidding. But 
God, it's just, God, I'm just saying it's kind of funny having kids in the background screaming and yelling while these guys are talking about the communist global takeover of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> it adds a little, you know, you don't want to get too heavy, right? <laughs> yeah. You don't want movie to be too heavy. And also it's like subtle reminders in the background of why we're actually making the movie and why we're actually fighting it's at the point when we got the generation. kids screaming and yelling. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, but uh, well, uh, James, Agenda Twenty One uh, goes all the way back to the Frankfurt School, to the uh, Fabians, to, to uh, Cecil Rhodes. I mean, all of all of these guys had a hand in this uh, this attempt to pull this global wool over our eyes, and it's still going on, full steam ahead. Is that is that correct? Yes, I can. I can give your audience a brief summary of what uh, Agenda Twenty One, what what this is about, yeah, if please, you please. would like. Yeah, it'll take me about thirty sixty seconds. All right, go ahead. And, and I'm kind of I'm kind of going to be paraphrasing from the new synopsis. No, so no. the globe, the globalists in the power elite working through the United Nations are actually waging a war against property rights gun rights, and capitalism in order to usher in a Marxist world order. And this war is known as Agenda 21. And this is considered a conspiracy theory by the mainstream media and other apologists of globalization. The flagship term for Agenda 21 is sustainable development. And this term crops up in thousands of federal, state, and local government laws, regulations, policies, and documents. So you know, is Agenda 21 really just a theory? At any rate, the UN says that sustainable development is simply environmental movement. And they're saying that it's just the environmental movement innocently reconfiguring the planet into a safe, green world. But others maintain that it's the forced inventory and control of all land, water, minerals, plants, animals, building projects, and human beings on the planet. In other words, it's the blueprint for what many fear could morph into a totalitarian world government. So the question comes out, what's the real agenda behind Agenda 21? And to answer that, this movie will explore various influences and effects and spawns, such as the middle-class gutting trade agreements, NAFTA, GATT, WTT, that's all Agenda 21. The fear generated by global warming, which they now call climate change. We've got 5G weapon systems being sold as the next generation of cell phones. We have the rewilding of rural America for animals only, depopulating the world through covert means, concentrated energy weapons and their possible role in the forest fires in California, illegal immigration changing the politics of the nation, erosion of U.S. sovereignty through the process of regionalization, environmental extremism, eye-on-the-street surveillance for stack-and-pack human settlements, suppression of vital new technologies such as fusion, solar, confiscation of real estate by conservation easements and historic trusts, war on single-family home ownership in suburban America, and there's a number of other things. Uh, just suffice it to say, control group discrimination in the media. You can see how the media is totally pushing the agenda. 
ever-expanding police and surveillance state, the dumbing down and drugging up of our children, and the implementation of the 10 planks of communism. All of those items are a part of Agenda 21. James, uh, taking away cars and, and, and lacking that independence, that mobility through these driverless cars, is that part of it? Going forward, uh, yes, it, yes, okay. it could. Well, they want to. They want to get. They're built. They want to reconfigure the city so that you don't have to drive yeah. anywhere. So they're 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 reconfiguring the zoning laws to follow the European blueprint, which is residential okay. and commercial all piled together. Okay, we're going to be herded into these big uh, plantation city plantations then. They want to discourage yeah. any 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 uh, uh, people living out, out out in the country. Exactly. They consider single-family residential uh, homes as urban sprawl. Okay. In other words, uh, your house, the American dream, is nothing more but than sprawl. <laughs> your little wow. white picket fence encloses a big lump of urban sprawl. Okay. Which creates a carbon footprint, which creates problems for the environment. Right to to maintain. Got it. Okay. Now, could I digest? Could I digress for a second? Absolutely. Go right ahead. Uh, because what you just said kind of reminded me of the footprint. Well, on September 20th, I think we have as many as a million, two million people marching on Area 51. <laughs> oh wait a minute! Wait, is that really going to happen, James? <laughs> well, I've blasted all over the freaking internet. If you go to Google and type in Area 51 March, you okay. have everybody freaking out. <laughs> over two million people have signed up. Yeah. Just said they're going to go. Okay, and the government is freaking out so much that they've ordered a total and complete blackout on network news. Not even Tucker. Not even Tucker who has special programs about UFOs regularly on his show, has even mentioned Area 51 raid. A million-man nerd march on Area No, it's 2 million. And that was, that was I looked, last time I looked was a week and a half ago before I went on the, the trip to Massachusetts. It could be 3 or 4 million people are going to show up there. So um, right. we basically have a lot of angry citizens that are fed up with what's going on with the black budget. And this brings okay. me to my point. If they have alien technology, and believe me, I am no supporter of UFOs. I think yep. I've been on your show before and I've said that there's, I don't see the evidence for it. Okay. But the thing is this. Um, recently I watched a documentary that was produced by Netflix, and it was featured Bob Lazar. And Bob okay. Lazar, for the first time, made a credible presentation of, of what he was doing, reverse engineering these spacecraft and working at Area 51. And it, you know, I, I, he was credible. He was credible. And then, and then to add to that, Joe Rogan interviewed him. And if any of you guys have watched Joe Rogan, you know he leaves no stone unturned. Yeah. He's, he's a ruthless, driven interviewer. I kind of have my questions about Joe, but, yeah, I agree. He, 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 you know, you could tell that he is a truth digger, okay? And I don't believe that, you know, for a moment he would have let Lazar off the hook if he thought he was lying or, or falsifying or misrepresenting. 
So those two interviews that are the, the documentary it's called uh, uh, Bob Lazar, uh, I don't know, it's just Bob Lazar Netflix, and then the Joe Rogan interview have convinced me that you know there may be something to take a look at. Wow. Okay. And I, and I think millions and millions of other people in the United States have the same idea, and that's why they're marching on Area 51. <laughs> Isn't that in the middle of nowhere, James? Is there going to be any way to support life in uh, running water? Uh, I mean, how's that all going to happen? Well, you know, it couldn't be any worse than Woodstock. I guess so. Wow. Or could it? <laughs> well, you're going to have, I mean, that's going to be nuts. A million people, two million people, wow. Well, over two million people had registered and said that they expressed interest in their going on a Facebook thing. Okay. And you know that something's major when the mainstream media doesn't cover it. Okay. I mean, that's like the, you know, that's like the screaming elephant in the room. Two million, 39,170 people going. Did you Google it? Yeah, How much is it up to? 2039170 uh, Okay. It, it, well, last time I looked, it was about a million eight. No, wait a minute. Now it's 3. Point, now on this other page, it's, this is a, another page, 3.5 million. So it's Our growing. I, go on this, yeah. Oh, my God. It's up to 3 million? Even if only 1% of those people show up, that's like 100,000. Oh my God! Wow, September twentieth <laughs> to twenty-two. Nine yeah, twenty-two. It's the, 22. Is it the twentieth or the twenty-second? It's the, it begins on the twentieth at twelve p.m. and it goes through the twenty-second at twelve p.m. Basically, what this is, this is a statement. It, it's really not doesn't matter whether they show up or not. This is a statement that Americans are demanding that they have disclosure. This excuse of national security, oh, everything's got to be for your security. You know, we can hide anything and everything in, in the solar system for security reasons. Well, you know, damn it all, human beings have a right to know what's in their universe. So I just think people are, are really, you know, making a public statement. And, you know, as soon as this data arrives, the government's going to get out there and have to start threatening everybody. And, you know, of course the government can't shoot anybody. I mean, what are they going to do, bring out their sound cannons and, and, and start shooting people? I yep. mean, if they did anything like that, that, that would be an immediate civil war. That's about as stupid as uh, Biden telling everybody he wants to, you know, reinstate the assault ban uh, weapons ban and buy back, forcibly buy back all these uh, weapons for everybody. Wow, this is something. This is crazy. <clears throat> yeah, in, in this, uh, on this website, 2 million have committed to go, 1.4 million are interested, and 218,000 uh, of, of, the, of these invitations have been shared with others. Well, it seems like it's doing nothing but growing because when I first became yeah. aware of it, there was only 400,000 people. And I actually, okay. I wrote an article about it and published it, and I said I think it'll grow to three or four, three to five thousand, three to five million. And, and the details are, this is the simple details, guys. We will all meet up in rural Nevada 
and coordinate our parties. If we now run to run, we can move faster than their bullets. Let's see them aliens. <laughs> I know that's all a bunch of that's a bunch of cr- you know crap. They're going to run faster yeah. than the bullets. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, they can sh- they can show up and they don't have to go through the gates. I'm not advocating anybody break the law. The mere presence that they show up, though, outside the gates, you know, just like barbarians, except the barbarians in this case are inside the gates. <laughs> or oh barbarians at the gates. fun. That was it, a great book. I don't know. Storm Did you ever hear of that book? What was, it, what was the book, James? Oh, I'm sorry. I... I didn't mean to cut you off, uh, Fred. I was just saying, did you remember a book called Barbarians at the Gates? Yeah, Barbarians at the Gates. I've not read it, but I... It, it, it's about Wall Street. Yeah. Incredible book. Okay. Wow. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, they're going to they're gonna show up. I think someone's going to show up. Someone's going to show up. <clears throat> and uh, have you seen the Bob Lazar movie, by any chance? No, I have not. Uh, can I? Is that you on YouTube? Uh, you have to have a Netflix account. Okay, we have Netflix. Well, it should okay. be on Netflix unless they removed it, and there's a good chance they could have removed it. Okay, how do you spell Bob? How do you spell his last name? L A Z A R. Bob Lazar. Okay. Netflix. Okay, guys. Net. And then you can watch the uh, Joe Rogan. If you just type in Joe Rogan interviews Bob Lazar, that comes up for free. That's on YouTube. So for any of the listeners that don't have uh, uh, Netflix, they can watch the uh, they can watch the trailer on online, and they can watch the full interview of uh, Bob Lazar, Joe Rogan interviewing Bob Lazar. By just typing in those two words. Those on two YouTube, names. guys. That is on YouTube.com. Okay, YouTube. TV. Okay. Awesome. <clears throat> All right. Uh, man, this, this I, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to keep my eye on this. September 20th is our third son's 18th birthday. <clears throat> wow. Well, I guess you're going to have to make a decision. Do you go to Area 51 yeah. or to the birthday party? <laughs> Holy crap. Take your son to Area 51. Yeah. <laughs> what, could be, what could be a better birthday party? <laughs> now, I, I assume this is, you fly into Vegas? Is that the idea? Or where is Area 51? I don't even know where it is. I have <laughs> no idea. I would imagine most of the people that go will probably be within driving distance. Okay. Wow. That's got to be nuts. <laughs> well, you know, well, at some point, President Trump is going to have to come on and confront this. You know, uh, I mean, no, can you no. imagine? Can you imagine him not coming on not and saying something? Anyone talk about this on on Fox on I any know. major media? <clears throat> right. As big as this, and is, that's what's as big as this is. But 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 uh, Fred, if you'll notice, if you have a computer there, type in Area 51 March, and you'll see that it comes up on all of the network's online publications. There's CNN, there's Fox. It's online everywhere. 
it's you know you type in Area 51, march on Area 51, or or raid on Area 51, and you get you know 25 to 50 news articles, and the news articles are CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox News. In other words, all the major networks are online saying, "Don't go to this stupid idiot moron thing." But yet they keep reporting that more and more people are going to go, and they, you know, and the fact is that their 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 host companies at the networks on television and the and the government itself on mainstream media isn't. There's a whole total blackout. So in other words, there's a total blackout in conventional media and a total craze on new media. And the reason for that is the, the, the media powers that be who are under the yoke of the government, the government's got its boot on their throat, has been ordered to not talk about it on network television, ordered to not talk about it, count on it, for so much for freedom of speech. And meanwhile, it's kind of like they're going, they're, they're putting out the don't go, this is a bunch of you know, garbage on the, on the Internet. And they're, in other words, they're, they're backwashing the source, which came from the, from the online media with the, with the online media. In other words, they're addressing online media with online media while they don't want to spread it to conventional media. Jim, okay. this town, this town, the closest town to Area 51 is Rachel, Nevada. It has a population of 54 people. <laughs> I know, I know. All these people are freaking out. They're gonna like. <laughs> they got 54 donuts that they can serve to people. Oh my <laughs> God! What a, what a, the inn. There's only one inn in in the town. It has 14 rooms. Right. Well, obviously, everybody's going to have to bring their tents. There was only there was only one gas station in town, and it closed in 2006. <laughs> I guess they're gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the same thing happened for Woodstock. Yeah. I mean, Woodstock just started going crazy. There was 500,000 people showed up there. I just drove right through Woodstock the other day. You know, oh my God. I, I almost you? pulled okay. my car over to the side of the road and got my bass out and started playing in the field. Oh, wow. Jesus. So 500,000 went to Woodstock, and they totally bottomed out the whole town's resources. But the kids all had yeah. a great time. Yeah. I was yeah, there. Had... Were you there? Yeah, I was there. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I have friends who work on putting it on. You had friends that what? To help put it on uh, out in Boston. Am I talking to Fred Smart or is this someone else? No, no, no. That's someone else. Who's that? It's Steve, West Virginia. Steve, oh, okay. West Virginia. You were at Woodstock, man? Jimmy yeah, uh, uh, when I got there, was on a motorcycle and was backed up on the freeway for a long way. Well, then you, then you know what I was saying is true. There was about 500,000 people showed up, and they all got along peacefully. It yeah. was a beautiful thing, right? Yeah, except the weather sucked. Yeah, well, unlike, the, the event, unlike Woodstock 2 that they tried to have, they had in California, some idiot put the Hell's Angels in charge of security out there, and that ended up being a nightmare. 
So it just goes to show whenever you bring the police in to take care of everything, all hell breaks out. But yeah. Woodstock just had a bunch of, you know, uh, loving people that like music, that like to get together. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, wow. they did a, they did a good job. So, um, well, at any rate, so I'm, we're just saying that this uh, this march on Area 51 could be another Woodstock. It's only the new. Uh, I mean, you know, there's going to be you know that the music industry is freaking out right now. They're thinking about bringing bands in there. They got the Eagles and the Rolling Stones. What band on the planet is not planning to go to Area 51 right now? Oh my God, they've got to be lining up. Oh my they're, just, God, they're just warring with their corporate masters in the control group. They won't let them talk about it on the media. But yeah. they, they want to show 500,000 people showing up in the desert. <laughs> oh, my God. This is going to be crazy, man. I mean, for all we know, the aliens might actually land. This would be a perfect yeah. time and place for the aliens to just kind of bring their ships in. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, this yes, is what the planet Earth is waiting for. I mean, we're going to have a big rock concert out in the middle of the desert where the eagles and the stones and freaking muse and everybody's playing and the aliens come flying in. You know, even better than Steven Spielberg's movie, Close Encounters, where they came in with one stupid, you know, pipe organ. Uh, well, J- James, you know, I, one of my hobbies is, is uh, gematria and prime numbers and and the 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 date nine two oh nine twenty is the sum of this these three words god is on when you add them up god is 764 is is 91 and on is 65 they add up to seven they add up to 920 god is on yeah well oh um, man that's got to be fun yeah, I I uh, I was surprised to see. I, you know, uh, you you said I wrote that little article about the NRA, mm-hmm. um, and put it on Facebook. Yeah, why don't you talk about and, that? Because uh, is this is this Fred? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I wasn't sure how that would go over with some of my conservative libertarian friends out there, but you know, I just finally came to the conclusion that I don't know the NRA. It's just, you know, they're not really doing things the way they should be. I know we're kind of irritated. We tried to get them into all three of the gun movies. Yep. And we made three movies that basically explicate the reasons you keep it bare. And, you know, there's five reasons. It's not just target shooting and hunting. In fact, the most important reason is, is in order to provide a deterrent against tyranny and to fulfill the citizen's duty to to be in this constitutional militia. Yep. So I posted an article on Facebook called Why the NRA Should Not Be Supported. And I guess my thinking is this. um, You know, you've got some wacko coming along and buying large stashes of ammunition and weapons, and they want to have, you know, all these gun laws and things. Well, you know, really... Maybe you shouldn't have wackos just coming out and buying huge stashes of ammunition and weapons. You know, I know the Second Amendment gives unfettered access, but you really isn't the isn't the idea that you know 
instead of having one person have a lot of weapons, you're supposed to have a lot of people having a few weapons. In other words, if the government ever went tyrannical, you don't want to count on one wacko with a lot of weapons to take care of it for you. You want to have everyone in the United States decide that they don't like that idea, just like when we had the, 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 you know, the revolution. It was very well supported by most of the citizenry. That's the only way we were able to handle the British. Yep. So, so when the NRA does nothing but you know, push these high-powered weapons, and they don't even mention they don't even mention you know the tyranny against tyranny and there's your duty of the militia. It just seems to me that all the NRA wants to do is sell weapons. They just want to make money selling weapons. Wow. I mean, if they're not supporting three movies, constitutional movies, talking about the broad spectrum of why we keep them there then they're not behind the broad spectrum. They're, they're only behind the part of the spectrum, which is sporting, hunting, and self-defense. And they barely just got on board with self-defense a, few, a decade or so ago. Yep. So and you approached um, them, them for three movies? I knocked yeah. on their door over and over, and so has Edwin. Edwin wrote them letters. I called their publicity people. I called Wayne LaPierre's office at least three or four or five times over the course of, of, of the two or three productions. I talked to their, their personnel, their, their public relations people, who said, oh, well, uh, thank you for calling, Mr. Yeager. I'll get this message right to Mr. LaPierre. Invited him into the movie. I mean, we've got Larry Pratt in the movie. Stuart Rhodes, wow. who represent the two, the second and third largest gun organizations in the United States, but do we have the NRA? No, they don't even want to come and talk about the militia system, even though wow. their very bylaw states that they're behind and support the militia system. Yeah. Their very bylaws say they're supposed to do that, but they don't. They won't talk so, about So, um, you know, you, you've got the NRA basically supporting, you know, these, these high-powered weapons, if you have these high-powered weapons being sold all over the country and some people have like 10 or 20, I, I don't know about you, but I just don't think it's necessary for someone to have 10 or 20 AK-47s or AR-12s. It just seems to me like that person is just waiting for psych drugs to hit them, and then that, they're a perfect cocktail for going out and doing something, uh, an atrocity. So um, I think the NRA has a major problem, and they're, they're, not, they're not addressing the true value of the Second Amendment, and they should not be supported any longer by people that want to address the full spectrum of the Founders' intent on the Second Amendment. Interesting. <clears throat> Maybe by design, they're trying to set, set the Second Amendment up for a fall. Who, the NRA? The NRA. Well, Edwin says they've painted themselves into a corner with their Supreme Court endeavors. And uh, Edwin, you know, Edwin uh, pitched four projects, cases to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court accepted four of them. And then he litigated all four of them, and he won three out of the four. 
Are your listeners oh aware God. of that? That's that's incredible. That is incredible. So oh, this is my producing God. partner who helped us put together the three movies on the Second Amendment based on Edwin's book by Tyranny Out of Necessity, The Bastardy of Martial Law, and then his first book, The Sword and Sovereignty. And Molon Lob is inspired by Sword and Sovereignty, and a movie Midnight Ride is inspired by, by Tyranny Out of Necessity. All these books are available on Amazon. They are the, probably the last word on the Second Amendment. And uh, Wayne LaPierre and his NRA choose not to participate in this movie. What's wrong at with all. that picture? This guy at has all. got four degrees from Harvard. Why isn't he on network television every night? Because you can't have the truth on network television. It is, so, his sister his sister is Meredith Vieira, who is is she still in the business? Well, her last yeah, she had the Meredith Vieira show which closed about a year or two ago. I don't know what she's doing right now. Maybe she's taking a hiatus or maybe she's just retired. I, I don't know. I you know, I have no idea, but she's uh yeah, she's Edwin's sister. So at any rate, I think that I think the NRA, you know, really is missing the boat when it comes to the five reasons we keep in bear, which is sports, hunting, self-defense, deterrent against tyranny, and a citizen's duty to participate in a constitutional militia. I'm not talking about a vigilante group, because if you'll notice, the left is out there trying to, to brand everybody white supremacist, domestic terrorist. You see where they're going with this, Fred? Absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. They're, they're now trying the to allocate. They're now, since Trump's closing the foreign wars down, they're trying to allocate this money into a domestic terrorism problem. They're creating a problem. Yep. You know the Helvetian dialect is is is, 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 is is being used right now. Yep. Uh, James, uh, can you comment on Tucker Carlson? The attack on Tucker Carlson when he called this out the other night. He said this is a hoax. You know, we we do not have a white uh, white supremacy problem. You could fit all the white supremacists in a small football stadium here in America. That's that's about. Yeah, I did. I did catch that. I did catch that show, and I thought that made a very good point. It's just ridiculous that they're sitting there saying we have a white supremacist problem. That's so ridiculous. By the way, my classmate uh, is running for president. Did anybody see him, John Hickenlooper? That's your classmate? Yeah, John and I went to school together at Haverford. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and uh, John, John is running for prez right now, and my other classmate is Ben Ginsburg. And Ben is, was running the Romney campaign, and he also basically he also helped Hick get the mayorship of Denver, and then we call him Hick. I guess that's a little disrespectful, but Hack Hick is basically just you know Hick. <laughs> He's a great guy, and he he got the mayorship of Denver. Then he became governor of Cal, uh, governor of of Colorado. And I think on your show, I predicted five years ago that he would run for president. I, I said, I wow. said, I, I, I'll tell you, Hick's going to run for president. I think I was on your show. 
Fred? You probably were. You probably were, James. Do you vaguely remember me saying that Hick is running for pre- is going to run for president? Hickenlooper? John Hickenlooper? Hickenlooper. And you know what? He just moved up to fourth place in the uh, in the surveys. And we got uh, uh, Marilyn Williamson is first place. And John Hickenlooper moved up to fourth place. So um, Hickenlooper's got a, a very mysterious ability to pull things off. He's a, he's a scientist, too, I might add. And he's not really that far left. Okay. Wow. He believes in capitalism. Yeah. I, I, and, I've heard him speak. He sounds really reasonable. And he's starting to warm up. You know, he's getting his, getting his track shoes on. But I just think it's interesting that he moved up to number four and Marianne Williamson moved up to number one, which really shows that this country is looking for kind of a, you know, she kind of represents, she wrote, didn't she write A Course in Miracles? No, no, wait, you know, wait, yeah, wait a minute. Marianne Williamson is, is, is ranked number one? She is went up to number one as, number, as most searched and, and, and inquired about person after the debate. Oh, the most searched, okay. <laughs> Got it. And she's been on. Uh, I saw her on. Uh, I saw her on uh, Bill Maher, and I saw her on. Uh, I think it was. Uh, it was Martha. Not who's the woman commentator that comes on just around when Tucker's on. Um, Ingram Angle. Laura so Ingram. She was on Laura Ingram, which is a right wing show, and she was on Bill Maher, which is as left as she can get which shows she's got a tremendous, you know, expanse. Well, yeah. <clears throat> well I don't know. I think if you, it would be very interesting if either Hickenlooper or Marianne Williamson ended up debating Trump <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> or, or Bernie Sanders. Well, Bern, Bernie's falling fast and Kamala Harris is falling fast. Uh, yeah, they're they're just not very exciting at all. I mean, I, I agree with a lot of stuff Bernie says. Not any of the socialism stuff. Yeah. But you know, Bernie is right. You can't have people making 500 times the wage that you know the the lowest paid employer makes. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, and and then and then I, <clears throat> you got you've got this one percent of the population making so much money because they really they're they're taking advantage of a fiat currency driven system. Yep. You know, it's the machine that's making them rich. I mean, it's not their work. It's not their work that's making them rich. It's the machine that they're involved in that's making them rich. James, do you think this uh, Jeffrey Epstein thing will blow over, or do you think there's more to it? Jeffrey Epstein. Refresh my memory. That's the guy that did what? The Lolita Express, the uh, pedophile island. You know, to tell you the truth, I haven't heard much about it lately. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen anything, any news talking about it, but I'm sure I've seen the three weeks, of the In two and a half, three weeks that they've gone dark, and I think, I think this latest, these latest shootings combined with, uh, you know, attacking Trump have, have totally uh, created a dark opaqueness to that story. That, that, was, that was on the front pages for a uh, a day or so, but they're they're scrambling to push it, push it, and and suppress it, and and, and make that go dark. 
Right. Well, you know, the, the media control group, just, just like we talked on your show about Harvey Weinstein, basically, remember, I said Harvey's going to just disappear. He did. You're right. And, yep. and the media control group will, will, will tell them to shut up, and the, all their networks will tell their, all their networks to shut up. And then you wait and see. Harvey will pop up in about five years as the president of production of MGM. <laughs> Or some studio, okay? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, the, the the control group never ever forgets one of its own. Okay, wow. It's just you know just just the way it is. Once you're once once you're a made executive, yeah, they take care of you. You know, you have to weather the adverse publicity. You know, the peons out there just don't understand. You know that all your you know, peccadillos and things are just, you know, normal, okay business as usual in Hollywood. But let it all blow over in a few years. Okay. Wow. Well, this this, this Russian hoax storm uh, certainly kind of blew up in their faces. I don't know. I, I don't know about this Bob Mueller, but it was a catastrophe, James, what I saw. Uh, it was very pathetic. It was very sad, 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 sad. I don't know. I'm much more interested in, in Area 51 than Bob Mueller. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, oh, but you know, if look, you know that there's got to be aliens out there in the universe, right? Yeah, without question. And the mere fact that they have, Lagar said that they've got, they've got, I think he said there's ten of these things in hangars, these ships, and he was yeah. working on one of them. Reverse engineering it. Well, yeah. if there's ten of these ships in hangars, doesn't that pretty much mean that the aliens have let us have the ships? Probably. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because wouldn't the alien being that can travel across the galaxy to have the power to take away the ships if we didn't like us having them? Sounds sounds reasonable. Yep. I mean, they have figured out a way of folding space around the vehicle so that the thing can travel through a non-spatial medium. That's the way they get around the speed of the light. And that's the way they get around inertia. You know, when you're traveling that fast, you take a left or right-hand turn, you're getting it slammed up against the, the side of the ship, right? But if you're traveling in a bubble, a gravity bubble, where you suspend the laws of gravity, there is no inertia and therefore the ship can, can maneuver left, right, up, down, and, there's, and your body does not, you know, a body in motion continues in a given direction. Isaac Newton, first law of yeah. motion. Well, the first law of motion does not apply in a, in a gravity bubble. And Lazar explains all this real carefully. So... Um, you know, I maybe think that's, that's pretty amazing. They, maybe that's how they built the pyramids, James. Don't you think? Well, yeah, now, now things start to fall into place, don't they? That's how they built the pyramid. They just put a, a gravity field around these blocks and, and lifted them. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know, a lot of things start to make sense when Lazar explains that they have, they've got um, some element. I think it's element one 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 five, which they think somehow creates a gravity field 
okay? And uh, they recently have discovered uh, gravitons, gravity waves. You know, gravity waves were, were just a theory up until a few years ago. Okay. You're aware of the experiment that they just did recently. I wrote no. a screenplay about 10 or 15 years ago called Echospheres, where I invoked gravity waves, the graviton, and a graviton generator for the purpose of lifting a spaceship. Okay? And this is in my movie Echospheres, which is on the net. And basically, there, there was no such thing as gravitons when I wrote this script. But now oh. there are. <laughs> it turns out okay. gravitons actually are real. You know, they set up this. They set up these two sensors that are in the, in the form of gigantic L-shaped uh, buildings. Yeah. And they they they're sensing uh, gravity waves from imploding black holes out there in in the galaxy. Okay. I'm not sure if they're in the galaxy or in the universe, other in other galaxies. But these things basically are real. So now we know that there really is such a thing. So therefore, why wouldn't a gravity envelope be possible to put it around a lump of baryonic matter and make it levitate? Let me tell you something, Fred. Doesn't it tick you off if they actually have this stuff and they're not letting the rest of us on the planet know about it? It would definitely tick me off. Absolutely, yeah. It's like, it's like this would remedy the use of fossil fuel. Oops. Oh, you mean it would get to get get rid of a hundred trillion dollar business? Gee, yeah. I wonder if that might okay. piss someone off. <laughs> so we, you know, when you start looking at the numbers involved, if this technology were to come out, yeah, it's easy to see that, uh, you know, the six sisters of the oil companies would definitely be behind the suppression of any kind of technology. And I think that's what this wow. ra- raid on Area One Fifty One symbolizes. It symbolizes we, the people of Earth, have a right to know what, what level of technological advancement we are really at. And no yeah. group of people on this planet has the right to suppress that knowledge. Wow. Oh, my God. I, I, as we get closer and closer, James, we're going to have to have you back on because this is going to, I think this is going to be really much bigger than we all well, think. <laughs> do me a favor. Have me on, on September 20th. Okay. Well, I don't know what what day of the week that is. Let me look. Uh, well, whenever – have a special show. Have a special show, yeah. an all-night show. 22. Have an all-night nine. alien visit, visit, visitation. Uh, alien – what do you call it? An alien <clears throat> candlelight vigil. Okay. Okay. The 20th is going to be a Friday. so the, It's going to be a Friday. Night. Yeah. No, so we can do it on the Thursday. The, one, the, the day before. How about oh, that? yeah, the, 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 <laughs> e, the E before the 20th would be perfect. Yeah, all right. Count us down. All right. Should, should, I, put, should I put it down? Is, do you want me to put do it you down wanna... right now? You'll be on, and we'll, we'll, we'll get a whole bunch of people to chime in about this as it's happening the eve of Area 51, storming Area 51. That's well, Fred, it'll, it'll be the eve, and we will actually continue the show until the 20th. So, you know, it'll actually... You know, from okay. Thursday until Friday, so we keep it going. So we'll actually go from uh, the 19th to the 20th. Yeah, I think, you know, Fred, you could do a really big thing just to advertise for, uh, you know, just a special show I'll that's going to be happening. It on, I'll start posting it on, on the Facebook page. Yeah. And, come and on, I'll, come on. I'll book, up, I'll book up on the technicalities on how you create an anti-gravity spaceship so I can give a full report. 
Fred, we could live. We could live stream it. We could do a YouTube and live stream it and have uh, I mean, James. James, uh, James oh, Fred, you might have you might have listeners out there in your very audience that have all the know-how to, in their basements to actually complement <laughs> anti-gravity machines if they just had a few Probably. key bits. Probably. Yep. I bet Steve Steve has some of those few bits from Wood, his Woodstock days, maybe. Well, yeah, I just sent the thing <laughs> yeah. over. If, if you look, uh, actually, this Saturday is the anniversary, all these ones that James was talking about. Well, we had a huge one here August the 10th, 1974. It was called the August Jam. It was over 300,000 people at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. They had so many people there that uh, the people busted the fence down and basically had a free concert. And, and what's your name? Your name's Sam? Steve. I'm Steve. Steve. Yeah, yeah, August Jam. Well, that Steve, was- Steve I, think you could, I think you could give uh, uh, Fred's audience some valuable tips on how to peacefully assemble at, at an alien convention based Absolutely. upon the peaceful assembly at the Woodstock convention. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I think it's a great idea. What we can do is we can live stream it and uh, start on Thursday night and just do it. Uh, uh, we'll live stream it. And maybe, Fred, maybe you could bring in all kinds of experts. Who knows? Maybe, maybe <laughs> Bob Lazar himself will call in. <laughs> <laughs> I think it could be a lot of fun. That sounds like it. Uh, up to 300, uh, what is it, uh, uh, over 3 million now? That this, this, uh, uh, two, two, yeah. 2 million have committed, yeah. 2 million people have committed to go, 1.5 million are interested, yeah. and 250,000 people have shared this with others. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah, a that's, lot. That's, that sounds like it could be, uh, if we advertise it, Fred, and, and James is going to come on, I guarantee we'd, we'd uh, it busted wide open. Okay. And all if right. for any reason the advertisements go away, yeah. we'll all know that the FBI told Fred to cool it. Right. <laughs> but I'll send out a Wait, wait. One, two, three, four, five. Six weeks from today, tonight, is right. the deal. Right. So the 19th, six right. weeks from today, James. I wonder if Ron Paul believes uh, anything's going to happen with this. I'll send him a couple of emails to tell him to call into the show, okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we had we had Rob Paul on this show uh, Any twice. Time. Three yeah, times. Yeah, twice hey, or guys. three times. Three times. Yep. I think you should try to get Dr. Paul on the show sometime during the uh, the time that this thing's going on and to talk. About, I don't know how he come, where he comes down. You know, I don't know. You know, like I said, I don't really believe in UFOs until I saw. Los- I think I believe more in Lazar's story than I have just not seen any compelling evidence for UFOs until I heard Lazar's story. If somebody was in the background asking a question. You want to come forward? Hey, hey, Fred. Hey, Fred. Hey, Jim. How you doing? I'm good. Well, you know, uh, Missouri, um, not long after Woodstock, I think it might have been like 72 or something. They had, I think it was called the Ozark Music Festival in yeah. Shelly, Missouri. And it was like, it was bigger than Woodstock. And, uh, I mean, it was yeah, just because nobody was prepared for it. They, they did so much damage that they took it that the Missouri uh, – State legislature came out and said, "Never again." Yep. <laughs> we Same thing out. happened here. Same thing in Charlotte. Same thing here. 
they tore the speedway up at a free concert. Anyway, but in regards in regards to uh, you know this the deal on Area 51, you know what? Um, all all it needs to be is just a show of strength, right? That's right. The idea that hey, we're done. And, uh, exactly. You know, we're gonna we're gonna start here, and if it doesn't work here, we're gonna go to the next place. It might be D.C. It might be to your state capital. It might be whatever. Yep. Exactly. And, it's a show. And, it's a symbolic show of strength that we the people are fed up about all this yeah. surveillance and secrecy and not letting us know about. It doesn't matter to me whether there's alien technology or not. Yep. No. I want to know. I want to know what fifty billion dollars gets spent on every year. Amen. Fill up the desert, Fill up the desert with people. That'll sure get some attention. Yeah, you put a couple million people in the desert screaming. You know, what's the black budget for? What's the black budget for? What's the black budget? You know, because we all pay for that stuff. Yeah, yep, for national security, and we don't know anything about what it is. I, I guarantee you, with it, with that many people out in the desert, there's going to be a lot of them having drones. They ain't going to be able to stop all the drones that's flying over yeah. there finding out what's going on. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they're going to be drones all over invention. the place, and they're yeah. going to be... What a, what a great invention. They, they will you know, never Fred, know who's flying them. Fred, There'll be a lot of drones. Fred, uh, think, consider this. The question, how, how much secrecy does the government really need to protect its national security? Okay, have you ever asked yourself that question? How much security, secrecy does Zero you need? Okay, here's how, you, here's, here's how you can answer that question. Let's okay. say you open up the back of your computer and take a pair of pliers and just cut a wire randomly on that computer. Okay. Okay? You open up the back of your computer, you go to the motherboard, and you take a pair of uh, pliers, pinchers, and you cut across a, a bunch of wires. Okay? There goes what's your computer. Happen to, yeah. what, what's going to happen to your computer? It's out, yeah, it's out of commission. It's probably not going to work, right? Yep, yep. So, so you were able to dismember, defunction your computer by clipping one or two tiny little wires on the motherboard. Okay? Yeah. Right. That's all the secrecy you need to disable any kind of technology. So the, the government only needs a tiny little snippet of, of security, of secrecy, to make a technology unworkable. They do not need to know what the whole motherboard is and make the whole motherboard secret. All they have to do is make a tiny little bit of technology as big as the end of a pincher on a pair of pliers secret, and the whole freaking system doesn't work, and enemies do not know how to work or or make the system work. So this massive amount of secrecy that they blast all over, they make everything secret, everyone's patent secret. They don't need to do that. All they need to do is make small portions of things secret. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. It's a completely different perspective. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a perspective of, of trying to quantify how much secrecy is necessary. And the rest of the secrecy is for other reasons. And what are those other reasons? Oh, the other reason might be they don't want the people of the planet Earth to have free energy or, or inexpensive energy, or they don't want them yeah. to have 
vehicles that can actually fly without using rockets and chemical engines and crap and internal combustion engines. Yep, yep. Wow. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a refreshing way of looking at it, James. You've kind of uh, turned it inside out. It, it, you, you've, <laughs> the whole massive beast system can, can be just brought to its knees with a couple of pliers, with one ply, set of pliers. Oh, yeah, all they have to do is make secret tiny portions of technologies, and they can, they can disable the whole understanding of a technology. So they don't need to make everything secret. It's like they're crazy. They're 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 they've gone secret secret secrecy crazy, just like they got the police state going. Yeah, yep, overdrive. Yep. All right, and, and you know we it's all this is all funded with this fiat currency. As soon as the Federal Reserve crashes, you don't you won't have any money for the Department of Homeland Security and all those other bogus uh, departments that that are not specified in the Constitution. Well, we, there's something going on with, uh, you know, the, the devaluation of currencies, the lowering of interest rates, uh, the, the explosion in gold and silver right now. Uh, so something is going on here, James. Not sure what it is. Well, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the left tries to crash everything if Trump looks like he's going to win. I'm going to be very worried around the time that election, 2020 election is coming down, if Trump looks like he's going to win. Brad, that's Bitcoin too. Bitcoin's up uh, twelve thousand dollars. Twelve thousand? Holy yep. crap! Yep. Jesus. Well, you know, you know, G. Edward Griffin uh, is not giving Bitcoin two thumbs up. He's basically saying that it, it's 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 a contrivance of the Federal Reserve that they're they're involved with it. Anybody crypto money, on crypto, crypto money, or, or just Bitcoin or crypto money in general? Crypto he, I think he's talking about. Uh, I think Bitcoin for sure, but I don't know if he's talking about crypto in, in general. He might be talking about just Bitcoin, but he wrote an article. He published an article on this and uh, a couple about six months ago. Did you catch the article? No, I did not. Did not. Well, if you go to his website, if you go to Reality Zone or Freedom Force, the article is bound to still be up there. It might be on Need to Know or something. Okay. But he basically wrote an article where he evaluated Bitcoin, either Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies in general. Okay. So uh, I believe uh, I, um, I, I I believe that Bitcoin because. It, it, because of its mysterious, uh, it just came out by this mysterious guy that nobody knew, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, that, that, that throws a lot of credence away from it. Now, blockchain, I believe blockchain is a valuable tool, and I think it's going to be used from now on and probably improved on. But as far as cryptocurrencies, I, I think it's just a big gamble. I think it's a gamble. Yeah, so you're right. Really, you know, is it, is it is it really going to be used? Is it really going to be used? I know there's there are some transactions that go down with cryptos, but it's hardly anything to talk about. Yeah, we may 
we may just have to simply salute regular old gold and silver. I'm okay with that. I mean, uh, one of the problems I have with cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and even the blockchain is it's, it runs on computer networks. You know, computer networks are subject to uh, gamma ray bursts and coronal mass ejections. Okay? Yeah, and it's... And those and things happen and, and all the time in the universe. Well, and it, it's also exposed to uh, electricity down, brown out, no electricity, you're down. Exactly. Uh, simple. simple. Now, as soon as they're able to put Bitcoin or cryptocurrency on an, an, on a Bacchus, then I'll be interested in it. What's a Bacchus? An Abacus is the original computing machine. It oh, runs on a bunch of beads. An Abacus. Is that how you pronounce it? Okay. A bunch of beads. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it, but you just pronounce it different than what I learned. Yeah, I, I learned it as Abacus. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I, I guess I learned it as Abacus. <laughs> but at any rate, um, that's the problem, I think, with electronic currencies is they're subject to, you know, no power failures. They're subject yeah. to power failures. Yeah, what are you going to do? Um, other than yeah. that, I think the blockchain is, a, is an amazing uh, technology, which I think can be applied to a lot of other things other than just money. Oh, yeah. I agree, for sure. So maybe it'll find its use in other applications. You know, really all it is is a, is a distributed ledger. So, yeah, um, but it's all, but it's all, docu- but it's all documented and, uh, and it can't be broken. And uh, uh, so that's a good thing. So for financial transactions, I would think blockchain would be just great. Right? You, know what I, you know what I'd like to apply blockchain to is legislation. Wouldn't you just love to find out who some of these bastards are that, that pass some uh, of these laws? The smart, intelligent contract, yeah. Wouldn't you, wouldn't well, you go to no, who, 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 who passed this little stupid law and that little stupid – who passed the law to put in a, 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 a fifth stop sign at an insignificant location that you drive by on the way to work every morning and you have to stop there? Haven't you, haven't you always dreamt of being able to find that exact legislator, that little, that little weenie attorney that passed that law to put a fifth stop sign at that intersection yep. or some stupid yep. regulation? Haven't you, wouldn't you just love to find the actual being that created that, that came yep. out of their twisted, warped mind and just grab them by the neck and say, why did you put in another stop sign? <laughs> Hey, you know well, you're what? American, I, I, say, I don't want to stop anymore. Now, <laughs> well, you, you take every single law on the planet that's made and it blockchain the hell out of it. Now you know who passed what. Every molecule of the government. You know who did what, when they did it, what their name is, what their social security number is, what their telephone number is, what their email is, so you can call them up and cuss them out for the rest of your life. You're the one that raised the property tax, another half a percent. You're the one that raised the. Well, hey, Fred, isn't that what isn't that what Bob Schultz wanted us to create? Was the yep. watchdog group 
Yep. With what? the legislature and the, the government in general and say, uh, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, what are you doing yep. there? That's what it was. In other, words, in other words, if anybody out there is going to create a law, another law, they are going to have to have their neck yeah. on the line that that law is a good law for society. Otherwise, don't create it because every law you create takes away some of my freedom. Yep. And I'm getting sick and tired of having my freedom chiseled away at. Yep. Sounds, you know, Fred, yeah. I, Fred I, I'll tell you, I'm, you know what I'm seriously thinking about doing? I'm seriously thinking about never stopping at another stop sign for the rest of my life. Okay? And here's my thinking, here's my thinking on this. Okay. Uh, every time I stop at a stop sign, it burns a portion of my life. And since I'm getting, you know, I'm a little older than I used to be. <laughs> there's, in other words, there's fewer years in front of me than there are behind me, Okay. Now, I stop at your, at your some stupid government regulation stop sign. I burn yep. 15 seconds. Okay? I burn 15 yep. seconds, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, 15 seconds, 15. It adds up to years. Yep. Uh, for the rest of my life, I don't think I'm going to stop at another stop sign. And I don't care if the police pick me up. Because the mathematical probability of the police picking you up is nil. And, and the mathematical possibility that you, you drive up to the stop sign, you look both ways, you see there's nobody coming, you drive, you don't stop, you just keep driving. You know, you have to be a moron to not be able to get to an intersection without hitting a car. You don't need stop signs. You just need to be able to look, look right and left, okay. is there a car coming? <laughs> You've got to look at traffic signals as guidance, not Oh, yeah, in other words, stop signs, take the suggest, suggestions. <laughs> suggestions. I mean, just I mean, think about the, the trillions of tons of fossil fuel and crap we burn by all of America sitting at red lights and stop signs. They're all real signs to me. Yeah, they could turn all those into amber lights or, or yields or suggested stop. It just... To me, it's a physiognomy of the police state. You look at the police cars that drive around these days. They've got, like, strobes all over them. They look like a rock concert on wheels. Flash, 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 black, you know. They're so bright that, that you, when the cops driving around, it's like, they're, it's like they're trying to, you know, stroke their ego and show the world how important they are with 10,000 watts of strobe lights on, their, on the roof of their car. Well, for those of us that have, for those of us that, have, that for those of us that have studied the law, and uh, we've pretty much figured out that all of these statutes <clears throat> statutes are policy of a corporation, and the police, a policy police, um, they're there to do you know to collect their fees. They're revenue agents, and and if you really think about it, you know if it's just policy, then yeah, what we're they're they are impeding on our lives. That's what they're doing. Yeah, they're basically revenue collection agents. You know, they yeah. they they the more laws they can put in, the more stop signs, the more places where they can cause the citizen to potentially create an infraction the greater the revenue stream. Yeah. 
Isn't that great? The less the citizen's freedom. And the more the more the citizen has to be dictated to, to to stop or go, the more of a zombie the citizenry becomes. You know, you can take well, this right into the, the more, financial markets. And and the more that the police think that they're actually doing right. Rules, regulations, statutes, and codes don't apply to you and me. Right. Yeah. Well, the you you know the, the they're really basically the police are, are are a mercenary are a mercenary force because the, the original police were the, were the the is is this militia. Alfred is this uh, uh, Mr. Landhold? This is yeah the militia guy. In, in West yeah, how Texas. are you? Yeah, how are you? Yeah, I just I was just going to say the the militia the militia used to be the police and then they got this paid standing army put in there and they call it the police force. So well, I heard know, it's it, really the rich, more than the rich standing people, army. The rich and the rich people, people the rich people duty, basically didn't want to so do their paid. duty in the militia so they paid people to do it exactly. This is Nick Landholt, right? The militia guy, yes. That Hi, is Nick. correct. Hi. Hey, James. Hey, Nick. Um, Thanks for coming on. Okay, Fred. So, you know, you know uh, uh, Fred, yeah. let's, let's, can we talk about security laws for a second? Um, it, it's it's kind of like, have you ever heard the old saying, in a free market society, let the buyer beware? Yep. Okay. In other words, when you're in a free market society, it's the buyer that should beware. In other words, if the buyer is not aware, they will purchase crappy products. If the buyer is aware, they will only purchase good products and therefore cast their dollars as votes towards the betterment of society's products. But now we have security regulations up the yin-yang. They call them blue sky laws. And the, the blue sky laws are intended to protect the investor not the entrepreneur. And the whole system is, is set up so that the investors, the, 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 the investors can become total morons because they're basically dependent on the government to safeguard them when the investor really is the buyer. The investor should look at a private placement mem- memorandum and say, I am going to beware of this private placement memorandum and not buy it because it does not tell me how the budget is going to be allocated properly. So as a good buyer, the investor will not allocate money to that entrepreneur. In other words, you're building a society of people that are smart and aware and prudent buyers. We have a bunch of moron investors out out there now that all they do is depend on securities regulations and blue sky laws. So they have no ability to select a good business to invest their money in from a crappy business. Well, look at what happened to Madoff. Madoff Securities. It's a perfect example. Perfect example. You've got endless moron investors relying on blue sky laws to guide their investments when they should be using their own brain to guide their investments. And beware, the buyer beware. So what my point is, is the, the securities laws are ruining the free market enterprise, and they stifle entrepreneurs. 
I don't know if any of you guys have been an entrepreneur or tried to raise a, a private placement or public offering, but in my younger days, we were doing that all the time. And I'll tell you, all the laws are against you. You have to file all these ridiculous documents, 100-page documents of crap to protect the investors that are too stupid and lazy to basically sit down and try to figure out whether your investment thing. I offered an investment once upon a time called Video On Demand through a company called Matrix Internet Distribution. Does anybody think that Video On Demand might be, might be something that somebody will want to do someday? It, 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 it sounds like it has some future, yeah. Do you think it has any future? Well, when I went to the Ben Franklin Capital Corporation and a bunch of seed money capital people all around the Philadelphia, New York area, you know what they all told me? When they turned down my request for a lousy 500000 or a million dollars, they said, oh, Mr. Yeager, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no model for this. <laughs> there's no model for video on demand. So you uh, they basically you turned it down. YouTube. Yeah, well, a bunch of guys in California were doing the same thing, and they came up with a company called Netflix, while the idiot moron investors and capital companies around Philadelphia were saying, oh, there's no model for this, so we can't allocate money towards the, you know, the seed money towards getting something like this started. I mean, we even filed a filed pay. I own payperview.com to this very day. Our company owns payperview.com. How do you think we own payperview.com? Wow. Yeah, we own that. You know why we own that? Because we were the first one on the freaking Internet to con- consider that movies could be distributed over the Internet. Wow. So we bought payperview.com. We could have also purchased warnerbrothers.com. Wow. <laughs> we should have come to think of it. I could have needled that company endlessly. <laughs> We had a big meeting at the company. Should we buy this or not? But we decided it wouldn't be ethical to purchase Warner Brothers' name. Was it available for, for a while? Yes, of course it was it available. <laughs> yes! Well, how do you think we bought pay? We bought pay-per-view.com. We, we own independentproduction.tv. We own Home Video Network. Um, I mean, the only way you could get those is because we were early in the games, and we came up with a concept called Video On Demand. But, you know, the Video On Demand that we came up with is a time that there was only dial-up. Yep. So broadband had not been deployed yet. The only thing that was on the horizon at that time was ADSL. DSL and ADSL. DSL being digital subscriber lines and ADSL being asymmetric digital subscriber lines. But at any rate, we we came up with this business plan. The moron venture firms in this area didn't think there was a business model for it and didn't think they would have any future, and they turned down seed money. But meanwhile, out in California, a couple guys were building a company called Netflix. Now, of course, Netflix did not start out online. They started out distributing DVDs. But now they've quickly moved their business paradigm over to the Internet. And as you can see, Netflix is now eating the lunch of the whole movie industry. Has anybody been watching this? Yeah, they've got their whole movie-making franchise with uh, producers. Uh, they're, they're producing more films in Hollywood. They're, the, they're putting out 100 movies a year, 50 yeah. or 100 movies a year made by Netflix. Big names yeah, that's that because, uh, they have in there, big names. That's, 
That's because they have, a, they, they have a standardized cash flow guaranteed coming in every month. Every month I send Netflix $23. Right. And wow. so do millions yeah. of other, 400 million other people. Yeah. But Netflix it's the, old, the old studio system. It's the old studio system, James. Re- Reincarnate. Yeah. In, in a way, in a way, because, uh, because they're, you know, well, Netflix doesn't produce all these movies. All they do is put their name on them. Yeah, you know, right. They buy the rights they, they, to reproduce they, well, them. Yeah, they kick the money to the producers in, the, in exchange for the rights to distribute it, the online rights. Yeah. They got one of the biggest, um, biggest running shows that's been on that's still going right now is uh, the rights to reproduce all the NCIS series. It's huge. They make a fortune. Well, and the reason that the reason Netflix did not get eaten up by the studios is Netflix got long-term rights with the studios to distribute movies and TV series like the Mayberry stuff and the Star Trek and all this stuff long before the studio executives realized that it would even be anything happening with video on demand. So they just said, "Oh, Netflix wants rights for the next 20 years. Go ahead and give it to them." And they don't mean anything. You can't send a movie over the internet. So Netflix was smart enough to buy up all the rights to Star Trek and you name it, you know, everything else. I just watched the complete all the Frasers, you know, 15 or 20 seasons of them. And the studios are going bonkers over all this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they got a lot of muscle. They got a lot of muscle. Well, they're probably trying to figure trying to figure out how to acquire Netflix. Well, did he, Netflix is now part of the MPAA. <laughs> Netflix is the seventh MPAA company. They've wow. been in, 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 indoctrinated uh, into the MPAA. Can you believe that? That's huge. That's huge. That's freaky. Yep. So um, it's only a matter of time before the other six studios somehow eat up Netflix, just like they did the Japanese, just like they did Coca-Cola. They eat everything, I guarantee. And the Chinese are the latest meal being spread out on the page. They're going to eat China. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable how how these studios operate. You've got to read some books on the subject to get a full appreciation. One of them is called Indecent Exposure. It's the uh, Clifford Robertson affair with – embezzling 10,000 from Clifford Roberts, David Bagelman. There's another book called Fatal Subtraction by Pierce O'Donnell, or entertainment attorney, Art Buckwald, being cheated out of money from Paramount Pictures. And then you had others. What was the first book? You said Fatal Subtraction. What was the first one? Indecent Exposure. I'm telling you, these two books are mind-blowing. They will give you an insight of what the movie industry is like. Okay. The counterpart to these two books is Bar- Barbarians at the Gate. Barbarians at the Gate, though, focuses on Wall Street machinations. Fatal Subtraction and Indecent Exposure focus on Hollywood MPAA machinations. There's also another book out which is mind-boggling by, Peter, by Michael Ovitz called Michael Ovitz. <clears throat> And uh, if anybody wants to look, take a look into the power structure of the agencies, that's the book. Ovitz just put that out about a year ago. And he's all over the radio talk show circuit right now, basically repenting. Wow. (laughs) All right. But uh, James, 
920, September 20, we're all gathering back here. Uh, I know the eve of 920, that's 919. Live uh, we're all going to gather here. Live stream. Okay, so I, I call in at 9 o'clock just like I did tonight. Well, and I, I'll, give you, I'll give you a reminder a week before. Please, guys, we need to bring some names, some numbers, and some people. This is, if this is as big as we think it's going to be. There's going to be massive amounts of activity online, massive amounts of conferencing and, and podcasting and everything else. This is going to light up the whole world. Yeah, I'll get I think it will. And, and, stream it. Get in the live stream it. So we'll do it a lot. Yeah, yeah, that okay. would be great. And don't forget to wear your tinfoil caps. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Bob Schultz to come on, for God's sake. Yeah, we'll get a whole bunch of guys. That's it. All right. James, thank you so much. We could go on and on and on. Let's put a wrap and a bow tie around this show tonight. Uh, Didi will be back next week. Everyone, next week, Dr. James Fetzer will be our special guest. Right. The trial about Sandy Hook is going on right now. He's going to bring us all up to date. Yep. All right. James Jager, thank Can you, you so uh, Fred, is, yep. is, is it possible to get a, a link to this show? Because I could yep. – Spread the show around, especially the part talking about the Area 51. Yeah, I'll send you yeah, the link. Absolutely. I'll send you the link as soon as it's over. I'll, I'll send you the link, uh, uh, um, James. It's just Stephen Charles. If you, if you even if you even could pull out that segment of the show, so it's a short clip, I will send it yeah. far and wide. Yeah, i Because send it we actually had a little, you know, kind of, you know, had that little, gave birth to a little thing there. Yeah. Maybe you yeah. could find the find the moments when we were all getting excited about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's right. pieces there that, that you know come together. All right, all right, Fred. Thank you, James. Thank you for having so me so much, guys. See you guys next week. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us. Uh, stay tuned next week, and remember, nine nineteen, September nineteenth, big show. God bless you. See you guys. Take care. It's a wrap. American Underground. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.